0: All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and teas never crossed my mind. But after some discussion with my closest, dearest friends, I decided that Welcome into the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Poor. Go by Andrew Putters with my trusty pal Joe Nicely. At Joe Nicely, head lead editor of rotoballer the golf department up there pga premium package joe what's rotoballer got going on for us for the rest of 2021
1: yeah man we hope hope folks will go over and check out rotoballer.com got a great pga premium package over there you get my core four every week josh bennett does a great course breakdown every week uh spencer aguiar's vegas reports over there he's been knocking out winners consistently throughout the year um, and plus you get the DFS research station, course history, uh, strokes, gain stats, lineup builder, optimizer, anything you need. We'll help you go check it out. Rotoballer.com. You can use promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, and get a discount off our already half off price.
0: There you go. Rotoballer.com. Best place in the world for your daily fantasy needs. Joe, uh, missed the, one of the majors yesterday. Uh, I believe we would have been defending champs, Labor Day scramble. Um, left you in the hands of two juveniles, uh, <laughs> Chase and Peyton. Obviously, they did not pull through. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry I did that to you all. Um, well, you I'm not, I'm you not sure there, they could beat me if they scrambled their <laughs> shots versus my low ball, but whatever. We,
1: we missed you with there, AP. Uh, and In the kids' defense, in Peyton and Chase's defense, they they played really well. They hit the ball great off the tee and uh we, we just didn't help them at all man that didn't make any putts uh not great not great approach shots we definitely minus in strokes game putting and strokes game approach yesterday <laughs> uh but yeah man you were you were definitely missed but but Chase and payton played great and gl- glad they got out there with us
0: yeah um so speaking of before we get into last week next in this week's tournament i just want to talk a little bit about you said something about strokes Game i thought of something you know you know strokes gain is basically uh just against the field a statistic based on the field strength uh, makes me wonder um joe i think we the fields are week in week out usually pretty strong um but some of these players maybe the statistics are bumped up a little bit whenever the fields aren't as strong and i'm talking about mainly strokes gained t to green strokes gained putting is going to be a weekly stat that just fluctuates uh I think, but do you think the strokes gain T to green statistics can be a little bit mushed up depending on the strength of the, of the uh, field?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, not, nothing's going to be perfect. Um, but, you know, with that, without strokes gain, you go back to kind of the old school uh, greens and regulation, um, which, which doesn't really give you a full picture quite as well as strokes gain does. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I think there's definitely some kind of drawbacks and, and uh, you know a lack of perfection with every stat um but but strokes gain is certainly the most comprehensive thing that we've got and it's something that's that paints a really really accurate picture but but yeah i mean it, we can see things get a little bit thrown out of whack from time to time depending on field strength um so so yeah man i mean in the absence of anything better uh certainly the certainly the best metric we have to measure these guys though
0: yeah, I don't know. Just something that came to thought, especially with Jordan Spieth. You know, I was thinking about these um, one-off tournaments that he – or, you know, the maybe not the upper tier of the majors, not maybe not the next tier of fields, but, you know, like, say, at t Pebble Beach and then uh, even last week where the field's a little bit weaker. He always plays in those and always plays well. I wonder if it kind of bumps those statistics up a little bit because the field's a little weaker. Just a stupid thought that came into my little head there last last week. But – Another great performance by Jordan Spieth and the, uh, the Charles Schwab ch- Challenge again. Um, it seems year after year he's rolling in top ten, top fives. There can't pull it pull it out. Uh, it's almost identical to last year, except we didn't have like the you know ten hole stretch where he shot like six over this time. But hat, hats off to Ko And I, I tweeted out late Sunday afternoon. No way Ko doesn't play in the Ryder Cup this year, right? No way. I'll see uh,
1: I think he'd be a great fit, man, especially with with where it's going to be held at Whistling Straits. I mean, you have to figure he's a he's a great fit for that course. Um, not there, not hasn't played his way in yet as far as actually being a lock, uh, automatic qualifier. But he's certainly in, should be in serious consideration. So hopefully the the captain Steve Stricker is kind of keeping an eye on things. I'm sure that he is, and uh, you know Cochrane. Uh, was kind of a late bloomer. Uh, Had never won uh, until last year. He won at Shadow Creek, and now he's already uh, notched his second PGA Tour victory. So uh, certainly coming on, has has worked on his game, has improved uh, his short game and putting kind of being the key areas, and it's paying off in spades, man. A big win for him at Colonial. Uh, Unfortunately, I kind of let emotion get in the way Uh, last week. You know, I'm a big fan of Jason Kokrak. Been rostering him a lot over the last, Year year and a half, and man, he just he just killed my lineups. Uh, late Sunday at the PGA, when he made that eight, and I kind of let that kind of let that play uh, play a role, and probably not not rostering him as much as I should have last week. But great win by him, great performance from Jordan Spieth. Um, we knew he would be there. We talked about him on the show last week. Certainly one of the favorites going in, and played really really well. Just didn't seem to have his best stuff Sunday. Kind of obvious from the start um sunday afternoon that, that he just didn't have his have his a game with him uh their sunday which it happens from time to time um don't don't think it's a choke job by any means uh it was just a two-horse race and it was one of those days that spee showed up and, and didn't have his best stuff uh, but he hung in there tough and and cocrack did as well and, and a great tournament Loved that golf course and uh glad to see cocrack get another win
0: yeah, me too. Um, I've, I've come on the Co-Crack chain as of late, just started really at Augusta, uh, and, I, and I really fell in love watching him play almost every hole at Augusta with their great interactive app that, that PJ Tour needs to look into that technology. Um, so, have we said enough about the Charles Schwab Challenge? Really a two-man race starting late Friday. They never look back after uh, – you know, Sergio kind of got off the slow start Saturday on the front nine and course got uh, noticeably more difficult every day. Uh, it's got to be a top five golf course, in my opinion, on the tour that they play year in, year out. Got to be a top five colonial. Just my opinion. I know a lot of, a lot of people like the TPCs, uh, but my opinion, colonial's top five um we need to do that one week top five maybe maybe into the year we'll roll we'll out uh, some top five tournaments top five courses they'll probably interact pretty heavily but uh yeah colonial is definitely top five track
1: yeah i, I really like colonial uh just kind of riviera comes to mind when you're talking about these kind of classic layouts colonial riviera Um uh, you, you and i both love Harbor Town. um kewa island man was amazing which which isn't a regular pga tour stop unfortunately but that golf course i was super impressed with and man we we talk about great golf courses, andrew we can talk about uh the one we got coming up this week in Muirfield village kind of a, a modern masterpiece that jack nicholas did up in ohio
0: yeah uh, memorial got the memorial tournament hosted by jack nicholas uh played at Muirfield village Um, designed in 1974 Um, it is bent grass throughout uh, kentucky bluegrass rye fescue in the rough mixture now it was redone in 2020 also by jack nicholas it was supposed to be redone as in the start of june however the memorial obviously the the workday charity open and the memorial were pushed back to july therefore it, it started at the end of july they re-renovated re, 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 bunkers on six of the holes. Uh, they rebuilt and re all 18 greens, relocated several of them, made contour changes on most greens, rebuilt bunkers, revealed seated T and, locate, and lo, relocated several T's, renovated seated fairways. And, um, yeah, I mean, they basically redid the golf course after Didn't it we? was played – it, it uh-huh. played – after that sunday round played one of the toughest rounds on tour last year they decided to dig the golf course up and redo it so
1: they were uh man if you remember they were they were digging the golf course up right behind the final group last year (laughs) they were they were finishing up on the back nine and and i think that we had bulldozers working on the front nine (laughs) while they were finishing up last year so yeah man they they wasted no time getting started and you know, by all accounts of a very extensive renovation, I think they also added a bunch of trees as well. Um, and, and you mentioned the greens. And, and I, I'm really interested to see um, kind of the role that that plays this week. Um, you know, I think a big advantage as far as course history is is kind of knowing where to miss on golf courses. Um, and, and you can attest to this, AP, being a, being a very good player, uh, I feel that course history is a comes into play on the greens. Um, by kind of knowing how they roll, um, knowing where you are, knowing what they're going to do, maybe maybe they're not going to do what your eye thinks they're going to do, but but from experience that you know they're going to do something different, and with kind of the recontours of these these greens and 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 re-sodding them and everything, I, I think it kind of you know takes a takes a bite out of these course course history guys. So it's almost like everybody's starting on the same. Uh, wavelength this week, um, you know, even though it's the same course, there's certainly going to be some differences from what we can tell. Um, so I'd maybe bump course history down just a bit um, because of that, and and kind of look for, you know, just pure a pure fit rather than guys that have great course history. Although you know that's always something you want to kind of keep in the back of your mind.
0: Yeah, but I think one thing that's definitely going to be for sure this week. It's been for sure every week or every year that they played it here since 76 is that for the most part, the guys in the top 10 have hit their irons better than the guys, the rest of the guys in the field. This course definitely favors good iron players. And that's not only just the winners, but that is other guys that have finished, you know, you know top 10, top 20, year in, year out. Uh, if you hit the irons well, you're going to play well. And that's probably why Tiger has so much success here. That's why you see uh, past champions such as like a Jason Duffner, uh, Matsuyama, Tiger won won five times. Justin Rose. Uh, if you go way back, you had Ernie Els, Freddie Couples, B.J. Great iron players have won here over the years. Hale Irwin, Jack Nicholas. Um, just over the year in year out, you're going to see great ball stri- or iron players over and over and over and over have success here. I know we talk about stroke gain approach but you might want to raise it up on your uh, your optimizers even more this week. In saying that, Joe, uh, like I said, tournament's been around since 76, course built in 73. Uh, defending champion John Rahm with another mark on there, Colin Morcao won the week before. The golf course played about 10 strokes harder uh, in just one week because they basically just turned the water off. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but that's whenever John Rahm had the, was a 67 or something like that on that Saturday and says the best round of golf he's ever played in his life, but five birdies, 13 pars, I think. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember watching this, but it was hard to watch on Sunday. The golf course is so impossible to play, you know, first holes like a little, you know, they have like an 80 yard shot into it. They did. I don't know what they're going to have this year, but, and the closest, I think Patrick Reed had the closest, Birdie putt is 35 feet or something on the back edge of the green. So, this guy, of course, is not for the faint of heart. And I imagine with the new uh, uh, upgrades and and renovations, uh, that's going to be the case as well. Uh, So, um, with that being said, it's time to talk DraftKings, Joe. DraftKings, DraftKings, DraftKings. Got a millionaire pitch this week. Okay, so let's see here. waiting for mine to pull up here number one uh is it surprising that jordan spieth is the highest priced player
1: um yeah a little bit surprising andrew but when you start digging into these guys i mean you know we always kind of try to break things down kind of in sections and and we talk about drawing lines i, I think you can draw a line under rory michael um, and go up to at 10-6 and go up to Jordan Spieth at eleven three. 3 You look at those four guys, um, not really surprising that they're up there. They're all great, great players. Jordan Spieth's been in excellent form. John Rahm's the defending champ. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, we know how he can dominate. And then Rory has played really well here and had a, had a win a few weeks ago at Quell Hollow. Um, but I don't know that any of these guys outside of Spieth uh, of those four is playing great golf at the moment. So not a huge surprise that Jordan Space up there, coming off a runner-up finish. Um, ha- has solid course history at the Memorial. Um, has obviously turned things around in a major way this year. So, you know, it's a little bit of a sticker shock, but when you when you kind of dive in, uh, it, it makes sense that he's up there. Um, playing really well. Ranks third in this field in Strauss game tee to green over the last 24 rounds. Mari has a win this year, several top fives. Um, so, you know, you can't argue with speed being up there, uh, John Rahm. This is certainly, obviously he's defending champ, his type of golf course, always want to circle him on these kind of long, tough tracks. Um, so you certainly have to give John Rahm his kind of due respect, but hadn't had a great year this year. AP, um, has played well enough, but, but, but by his standards, kind of a down year so far, uh, certainly nothing outstanding. Um, but, but he has played solid golf. Bryson the Shambo we talk about him man. It always feels like he's the most boomer bust option. He's a former winner on this golf course, but that was kind of before he changed his game. Um, struggled mightily here last year um, at the memorial. you know had a, had a 10 I believe on a hole I'm, I'm wanting to say. Um, so so you know the dominance is there. Uh, the possibility of dominance is there with Bryson, but I also feel like there's a there's a bust factor that we have to take into account. And then Rory, um, obviously won at Wells Fargo, looked really good there on a golf course. He's comfortable. He's comfortable on this golf course as well, um, has the ability to handle this golf course. But, man, even though he won just a few weeks ago, Andrew, you kind of feel like he's he's not really hitting on all cylinders. So, you know, if I'm going up here, which I don't know that I am this week, Andrew, but if I'm going up here, um, I would certainly lean Spieth um, out of those kind of top four. And then the uh, kind of the next little section we're going to talk about is where where I'm really interested this week.
0: Well, Joe, I'm going to to blow right past you right here. This is the easiest start of any lineup I've ever started on DraftKings. Vic Hovland, 9,900. Easiest start ever for me. Love Colin Morikawa. Won the workday here uh you know John Rahm has not played well like you said DeChambeau I uh, just not I'm not in, I'm not on the Deschambo train right now Rory I know he won but still, still don't want to talk about him here I think Spee's way too overpriced on this in this on this course JT would be the closest for me I think um he showed but some press. life there he yeah, showed I'm some sorry. life there at the end you know you know what's funny about JT is whenever everybody quits talking about him is when he always wins. <laughs> and nobody's talking about him right now. So that's kind of scary. Uh, you know, it is kind of funny that he's, t- he might, he's just $300 more than Hovland. But uh, I feel like that's a pretty easy start, Vic Hovland,
1: $9,900. Yeah, uh, I love Vic, man. You you know that, that I'm always on that wagon. Uh, also, same can be said for Morikawa. Um, you know, I, I was huge on Morikawa last week, expecting him to play well and he really did, man. But um I don't know. It might have changed on his last few holes Sunday, but going uh down the stretch Sunday, he hadn't made a putt over sixteen feet all week. Um, which is which is ridiculous. And he was still, you know, fighting for a top ten. So we know what the deal is with Morikawa. Uh if he puts decent, he's gonna be in contention. If he puts well, he's probably gonna win. And and the same can be said of JT. Uh, I'm with you on there. I'm willing to buy the dip on JT. I love this price tag at ten two. Only the second time in 2021, he's been priced below 10.5K. Um, the other time, he was 9900 at the Players, and we know how that turned out. Um, so I love both Morikawa, Thomas, Hovland. Uh, really, man, from, from Morikawa at 104 down to Tony at 9,200, I'll be peppering those guys in, man, just leaning heavily on that section. And and we'll talk talk about a guy when we get to the bottom of the salary scale. But I think you can get three of those guys in this weekend, Uh with the player I kind of have in mind that we're going to touch on uh, at the bottom of the scale. But but I think it's definitely possible to get two fairly easily, and I think you can get three of those guys. Man, I'm just I'm really going to be leaning on that pool from 10-4 down to 92. Um, we we know the deal with Tony as far as the lack of wins, but he's played extremely well here. Um, and has played extremely well on long golf courses. So anytime you're talking 74, 75, hundred plus yards, looking at Tony uh, Matsuyama, I feel like might be a sleeper this weekend. Drew. he won the Masters. Um, but if a Masters champ champ can be a sleeper, uh, maybe that's where we are with Matsuyama. He struck the ball really well uh, since winning the Masters, um, and, and he's a former winner here back in 2014. Uh, Can't lay a former winner here. Xander's played excellent here. Corey Connors, we know what type of ball striker he is. The putter's kind of cooled off, and it's hurt his results. Um, but but I I absolutely love this range right here from 10 to 10-4 down to 92. I'll uh, be going there early and often, man.
0: Yeah, so uh, back to uh, – you know, last year Tony had the lead in this walking on, walking to 11 green, I think, or 11 – or off of 11 green. He had like a two-shot lead. And that's whenever he missed, like, the one-foot putt on Saturday and literally never made a comeback from that. Um, So, yeah, I I like Tony. But I feel like as well as Tony has played at times and as well has Corey Connors to play, I'm kind of putting them in the same bucket as they might be fakers. Or, uh, well, they – you know, they, they haven't been able to necessarily close the deal. I know Connor's not been around anywhere close to the amount of time Finau has, uh, but and, and they're like top ten machines. They're top 20 machines, but, you know, when you're paying these premium prices above 9 k you're going to need a lot of top fives out of that to be successful. And, I, and I, you know how big – I've always been a believer in play guys that make a lot of birdies play guys where if they start out with a couple of – you know, they shoot 40 on the front nine, they can make the cut like Chris Kirk did, even though he shot 77 on Sunday. Let's don't talk about that. But um, – or whatever it was, he shot 76, 77, 78, whatever. But we need guys – I've always been a believer in the guys that can reach the par fives and two, make the most birdies. Tony Finau, Corey Connors both fit into that that scale. At the same time, man, God, they just do not win, Joe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's very, very frustrating. And, you know, that's the, that's, what's always going to pop up when you, when you start talking about Tony, uh, you know, I wrote my horse for the course article this week that anytime anybody talks about Tony, no matter what context it always comes to, but he doesn't win. Um, so it's, it's very fair. It's true. Um, and and the same can be said, there's rumblings about Xander, uh, you know, that, that hasn't been able to win in, in a year and a half, two years. So you know, these guys, um, yes, there's that drawback. You're maybe giving up a little bit of win equity. Um, but at the end of the day, Andrew, I'm willing to go with these guys because they're proven on these type of tracks. The, this this 7,500-plus yard, very, very difficult golf course um, isn't one that, that every guy in this field can go out and handle. Um, but you've got some proven guys. Uh, you talk about Justin Thomas, Collin Morkawa, Hovland, Xander, Cantlay, Uh, Matsuyama all these guys man are proven on these type of tracks um they're proven on major championship level golf courses which is kind of where we can we can slide in this Muirfield Village layout um so I hear what you're saying Uh, I'm with you on the kind of the concern about the win equity there um but they're also very proven experienced players that, that have shown in the past that they can handle these type of tough golf courses
0: I agree yeah I know it's just hard I, and, and I, I've been team Tony for a long time uh, he usually has always been my like go-to number two uh, and I actually I'm getting I think I'm getting more on your board with the with the Joaquin Neenum I don't like him this week um, even though he hits the ball a long way he's gonna have to hit the ball higher than he does so that's gonna be a concern for me much rather slide on down uh, I know we were I'm kind of jumping ahead but much rather slide on down. If, I, if I'm going to take Neenah, might as well play Cam Smith. Cam Smith's the gamer no matter what the golf course is like. Scotty Sheffer hits the ball uh, as far as Neenham and hits it higher. But I think Sheffer also fits into Corey Connors, Tony Finau discussion. Uh, maybe doesn't win, but top ten, top five ability. So Joe, I'm jumping all over the place here, man. Help me out. Yeah, no, man. Nine, we got k. What are you this, looking at? What are you looking yeah, at? Yeah.
1: I really love that nine K range could talk about it forever, but you know, eventually we've got to start going down the salary scale. Um, I actually do like Joaquin Neiman this weekend, Andrew. I think, I think he's a great play. Um, got the longest active made cut streak on the PGA tour. Um, you know, so he's been, this is a guy that was once very, very volatile. And he's, he's become a very consistent player. Um, you know, as of late, which sounds kind of weird to say about Joaquin Neiman, uh, with his struggles with the putter and the ground, the green, but you know, his short game is really evolving. Um, he's improved a lot around the green. And we know from T to green, he's very, very good. Uh, has been very consistent this year. So, you know, has a T6 on his memorial resume, I think, back in 2018. Um, so, I, I'm willing to stick with Joaquin Neiman. I think he's a great play there at 8,800 if you're just looking for consistency. with That also brings some upside to the table. Cam Smith, surprisingly, man, hasn't played well here. Um, his last four Memorial starts, he's got two missed cuts, a T68 and a T65, uh, which is kind of surprising. Um, you know, there's a little bit of room to operate, but if you if you miss these fairways, Andrew, it's pretty penal. Um, you know, the the rough here is pretty thick. Um, we know Cam's a great scrambler, um, so it's kind of kind of surprising that he ha- hasn't had a better track record on this layout. But uh, you know, it just just hasn't come yet. But that said, he's He's playing at a different level this year. So, certainly willing to give Cameron Smith a look. Let's not forget about our boy, the old cagey vet, Louie O, coming off a great finish at the PGA. Um, Looked look good in the lead up to that. Um, and, and you just have to figure that this is the type of track, man, where kind of experience pays off. Um, Louie knows how to handle these kind of long, major championship lock layouts. Uh, So I'm willing to look at at Louie there at 85. And and another guy has been playing extremely good golf, Uh, I was really high on, you know, come tee off last week, and that's Charlie Hoffman um, at 8,300. His ball striking numbers are phenomenal. Um, He's been on a very good run as of late, um, has played really solid golf. Um, Trying to pull up his approach numbers here. Yeah, man, his last three starts, 7.9 on approach last week at Colonial, 8.2 on approach at the PGA, 6.6 on approach at Valspar. Um, And we can even go back to Valero where he had a runner-up gained six strokes on approach. Um, So if we're looking at strokes gained approach this week, uh, Charlie Hoffman should be kind of a guy that you highlight. He's second overall in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds in this field, Um, third in strokes gained ball striking. So you're talking about a guy at 8300 um maybe maybe not that huge elite name that we want to try to get in there um but i think you know charlie hoffman's definitely played his way into consideration um even in a tournament like this at 8300
0: yeah charlie hoffman has been i've been just i mean seeing him up there you know last couple of trips and i agree um I like his numbers. I, I, I he, he seems to be coming around. Uh, I guess maybe the injury bug is gone. Um, I kind of, if I'm talking Charlie Hoffman, I'm also talking uh, a guy that I don't really normally like uh, to ever play. And that's Billy Horschel. Uh, can never, I have a hard time putting a gator anywhere. But uh, I, I think very similar style of golf. Uh, he's obviously a bulldogger. But uh, I think I'll give the nod to Hoffman in that price range. But, Especially with recent form, um, I, I love who stays in two. I'll tell you a player I kind of who's sticking out to me in this eight K range. Ricky Fowler had his best strokes gained approach. I heard on the, this radio. PGA, of course, you know, tied eighth in the PGA had his best stroke gains approach since two thousand seventeen. Think about that. It's four years, Joe. Not saying he's turning, you know, okay, he missed the cut two turns before that, but then tied 17th in the Valero. Uh, he might be making a – Ricky might be making a corner here. What do you think, Joe? Getting a pretty good discount, 8K? Can't hear you.
1: Yeah, as as you mentioned, man, might be – Ricky might be turning the corner. Um, gained 4.5 strokes on approach at the PGA. Uh, his best outing, as you said, in the long, long time. Uh, And he's played extremely well on this golf course, Andrew. He has two runner-ups in the Memorial in his career, Um, an excellent bent grass putter. And, and, you know, this is the type of track where I want to target Ricky. Um, You know, kind of like the PGA at Kiwa Island. Uh, He plays these golf courses that require shot making, these tough golf courses. He plays very well. Kind of unlucky with with where the games went feels like it's kind of left ricky behind on these on these and gouge birdie fest tracks that we see kind of weekend week out at a lot of these tour events um you know you almost feel like ricky would fare better um if the if the layouts were tougher um kind of like we kind of like we saw at the pga at Kiowa and kind of what i'm expecting from him this week so Yeah I don't know that I'm all I don't know that we can get all in on Ricky but I think at 8k he's certainly worth a look especially if his ownership's going to be down there um you know we can hope he's bringing some positive momentum into into this event uh Keegan Bradley's an excellent ball striker out there at 8k also Uh, and then you get down into the sevens Andrew a guy that I very rarely play um I I just never feel like chasing kind of his ups and downs but probably a guy I'm gonna get some exposure to this week I'm gonna I want to try a little something different. That's Gary Woodland. Um, has excellent course history here and has been, uh, been playing really well his last three starts. Um, he's one of those guys we start narrowing this thing down to the type of guys that can handle this, this length of golf course. And Gary Woodland's certainly one of them. Uh, his memorial results reflect that and, and he's played well as of late. So give me your thoughts on him, Andrew. I'm, I'm not a huge Gary Woodland guy. Um, as far as playing him in DFS, I, I I think he's a great dude and and like to see him do well. But he's just one of those guys that I never seem to feel comfortable pulling the trigger on. But I'm I'm thinking about Gary Woodland this week, man.
0: I like I like the narr- I like the narrative on Woodland. My concern is the consistency. Uh, like you said, over the last four or five tournaments, though, he's played pretty well. Uh, bombs it off the tee. I think around the green usually is where he struggles a little bit. I mean, he's a decent putter, uh, very good off the tee pretty consistently with his irons and, and he hits the ball a long way. Um, I would just worry about the consistency. Right. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, if, definitely the, if, more if they
1: more of a, more of a GPP top, top play than, a than, a build your own build your lineups yeah. around. Type of well,
0: guy. yeah. And, and, and be honest with you, if you're missing greens at Muirfield, you're not going to be in contention. Anyway. <laughs> you need to be putting it birdie, uh, on these. So, uh you may maybe that around the green stat really doesn't matter that much so um you know i i, I do love his price but uh, uh and i definitely love him over the next you know the adam scott bubba watson mark leishman combo there and even down into jason day i love him above all those next guy that probably hits on the meter somebody else that has had just a phenomenal uh eight ten months uh, and his ball striking has been unbelievable and that's stewart sink man um he played pretty well at the pga except for really like four holes there he had like a four hole stretch there one day and he blew up and but uh, other than that man he uh, he's a great he's he's a he's probably a top 10 iron player on tour right now uh the resurgence in his game at that age at his age you know with his son on the back love him at 7500 joe uh, and, and it's going to get really, really dicey at 73 to 7,000 because there's a lot of names that could have success and a lot of names that could miss the cut. I'll name a few. Siwoo Kim, who knows? Kazire, who knows? Chris Kirk, who knows? The guy that we love to, love to hate, Lucas Glover. I could literally see him finish second this week if the scores, if the course is playing really difficult because he's a par machine, man. He is a paring machine and we hate playing him, but he is a parring machine. Dude was like five over after two holes Thursday and yeah. came in eighth place in this tournament.
1: Yeah, first he first he was two hundred through three holes, and then he yeah. was like five five <laughs> over through six holes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> classic, right. Yeah. Classic Lucas Lucas Glover start last week. But I mean, this
0: U I mean he's got a US open championship under his belt. He plays great on long courses that were par matters. Uh, uh he's so so scary to put his name in the hat though uh you drop on down spencer munoz play good or sebastian munoz play good last week taylor gooch played good last week you know and then there's a there's a talent too you got talent such as um you know ortiz and uh, uh, doug Gim. uh you know henley who's not been playing great but he's he's uh, stroke approach is usually pretty good so the 73 to 7000 is a really interesting uh, range from in my opinion uh don't don't necessarily love anybody but don't hate anybody either so it's your uh, perspective on that range
1: yeah man it's a really tricky range I'm, I'm actually i'm not real crazy about that range andrew i'll probably be avoiding that that 73 to 7 range just because you know there's several guys that i feel comfortable with there in the mid sevens um Couple guys you didn't touch on: Emiliano Grillo at 7,700. Um, we're looking for iron play. He's third in this field in strokes gained approach um, over the last 24 rounds, and has had some success at Muirfield Village. Um, so I think we can certainly look at Emiliano Grillo. Uh, really like him there at 7,700. Cameron Tringali kind of been up and down. Bounced back from a from a kind of a weird performance at the PGA. Uh, with a pretty solid, pretty solid outing at Colonial last week, so I, th- I think you can go back to Tringali, uh, Christian Mazadenhout. If scrambling is going to be important, you know that, that's something you touched on earlier, Andrew. I think we don't know. Um, a lot's going to depend on how tough this this golf course is playing. If it's going to play super tough around the green, will be important. If all these guys are missing greens. Stuart Sink, you touched on, man, playing great. Fourth in this field in strokes gained approach. He's a vet. Uh, Max Holmes had a strong year. Kevin Strillman, man, excellent course history, coming in a really good form. We know how well he played at the PGA, followed it up with another pretty solid performance last week. And his course history here is very, very good. Um, So I think you can definitely give Kevin Strillman a look. Matt Wallace has lost uh, strokes on approach in his last two starts, which is kind of concerning. Uh, but I think if you step back, kind of take a wide view, uh, look at it through a wide view lens, uh, this this is a good fit for him. He plays well on long golf courses. I believe he had a T4 here last year, and he had been playing some really good golf up until his last two starts. So I think Matt Wallace is a really interesting GPP play there before you get down into kind of that that touching range that you touched on, man. But with, <coughs> excuse me, with all that talent in the mid-7s, I'll probably be skipping that 73 to kind of the high six range, Andrew.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's safe. That's uh, a pretty safe pl- uh, thing to say. I just, like I said, there's guys that could have some major success in that range and guys that can, I mean, literally it would surprise me if nobody made the cut in that range. So, um, I'm in, inter- we need it. We need to burn through these six thousands. Cause I'm interested in knowing who you're, you're taking a stab at at the bottom. Cause, uh, you threw a little you threw a little a uh, little foreshadowing out there um a lot of talent in the sixes uh harry higgs is a good ball striker luke list great ball striker um you know straka lanto griffin doc redman these are all very good iron players i think you know doc redmond has got it in uh, got an ability to be like a superstar and we're just waiting for the breakout here um I'm still still struggling with some consistency names. The one name that, you know, I, I I don't like either one of them, but a couple of guys that have great course history here who have played terrible over the last three years, and that's Holmes and Duffner. A couple of vets who have great course history here but have not played great as of late. Two names I'll throw out down there that I do kind of like, um, and that is... Russell Knox and Kyle Stanley at 6,100. Um, both of them are grinders, and they hit the ball very well. They do not putt great, but they are grinders, and they hit their irons very well, Joe. So, I don't know if you're going to hit on either one of those, but that's just some names in the 6,000 I'm throwing out. I basically am not in love with the upper sixes. I know Cam Champ's cheap. I know Ruwinski's cheap. Martin Laird's cheap. There's a lot of names in there, but I'm just not – not falling in love with any of those. And Joel Damon broke my heart last week. So six thousands, Joe hit it.
1: Ding, 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 ding. You, you hit on him, Andrew Kyle Stanley, baby. We're going all the way down to the bottom at 6,100. Um, kind of a, a really similar situation to Vince Whaley last week, man. Um, you know, I think Vincent Whaley was, I believe 6,200 last week. And, um, I, you know, I just felt it was way too cheap for, for the type of golf he's been playing. Uh, yes, there were risk involved, but, you know, overall, uh, you know, if you're ever going to play a guy down there, um, uh, Whaley last week was a perfect example of, of a guy you can you could take a stand on. And I feel that way about Kyle Stanley this week, man, he has a T6 and a T2 um, in this event at Muirfield Village. He's gained 21.8 strokes total. Um, in this event over his last three starts, and is coming in playing pretty dang well. Um, had, a, had a pretty good outing last week at Colonial. Um, logged a T8. Uh, gained 8.2 strokes on approach last week. Um, gained 5.5 strokes on approach at the Wells Fargo. Had a T26 there. Had a T39 at the Valspar. Um, so we're talking about a guy that's that's made the cut in his last three starts and is coming off a T8 in which he gained 8.2 strokes on approach, has a T2 and a T6 on his resume here, Andrew, and we can get him for $6,100. Now, you know, obviously, we're, we're, we're taking some risks when we move down this low on the board, um, but but you're talking about rostering Kyle Stanley and and working in three guys from that, that price range we talked about, that Morikawa down to female price range. Um, you're talking about Kyle Stanley plus three of those guys with a little bit of salary flexibility left. So, you know, I'll, I'll probably have more Kyle Stanley this week than I, than I care to admit. Um, it's a DraftKings only type of play for me. Um, I think he's 8,800 on FanDuel. We, you know, we kind of always look at things from, from a DraftKings perspective. But, um, you know, at 6,100 bucks, man, it's just one of those things that I'm going to take my chances and whatever happens, happens. I, I, I feel you on Russell Knox. Um, ended up with quite a bit of him last week he, he barely missed the cut um, but has made his last four uh, cuts uh, at the memorial in this event so I can see Russell Knox there as well but um, I'll be making a big stand on Kyle Stanley this week
0: yeah you might want to might want to maybe uh, dip and dunk Stanley and Knox there at that price just to you know to um, smooth out your uh your exposure there joe so uh we've re- we're just yeah. wrapping up the show we got one more part and it's the most important part of the show hearts and darts joe where's your heart at where's the dart at i feel like i already know where your dart is to an extent uh you kind of already kind of dropped a hint maybe possibly so <laughs> we go? You know, let's go uh darts and hearts joe where you at
1: yeah man i guess i, I was a little bit obvious about the dart uh Kyle stanley 6100 Uh, going there also give a, I'll give a look to our boy, Patrick Rogers there at 65. Uh, we talk about him a lot on this show. Hasn't, hasn't played great lately, but this is the type of golf course where he can play well, where there's, there's four par fives, um, where off the tee play matters and he, and he's played well at Memorial traditionally. So I'll give Patrick Rogers a look, but, but Kyle Stanley's my dart, uh, my heart, I'm going to go. Man, I just love that range so much, Andrew. I, I got to pick a guy kind of from that sweet spot range. I'm, I'm gonna go Hideki. I'm gonna go Hideki. I'm gonna. Uh, I think he'll go a little bit overlooked this week. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at Cantley. I've seen a lot of people talking about Xander. Uh, and while all those guys are really good plays, um, I, I look for Hideki to play well this week. So Kyle Stanley, my dart, and Mister Mr. Matsuyama got my heart this week.
0: Well, what you know,
1: you, where, where are you going?
0: Uh, I think on the heart, the heart, uh, the dart plays got to be uh, Stuart Sink. Uh, played solid now for ten months, like I said. Probably not. Wouldn't be a shocker if he finished top ten. Uh, so that's kind of my dart there. Stuart Sink, seventy five hundred. And I've kind of talked myself out of Hovland. Love Hovland at 9,900. but after a closer look, if you can pay three hundred more to get JT, nobody's talking about him. JT
1: too cheap on jt
0: he's too cheap so uh justin thomas Stuart sink you got kyle stanley matsuyama uh yeah man let's do this thing that's joe nicely i'm andrew poor go by andrew putters thank you rotoballer.com for being the number one place in the world for all your daily fantasy needs when logging on type in that promo code nice to get a discount already off the half off price this is the turn fancy golf podcast once again joe i apologize for leaving you eddie and stacy with the juveniles for the scramble that will not happen again under my watch let's go memorial memorial uh the memorial tournament brought to you by jack nicholas thank you folks this is the turn fancy golf podcast
1: i decided that
0: i'd give it one good try but that was my first big mistake i've already hit three it's gonna drive me it's gonna